0: We're listening to Dots, Lines and Destinations, a travel podcast, with hosts Stephen Seagraves, Fosma Moon, and Seth Miller.
1: Yeah. Yeah?
0: Okay. Was that better?
1: Yeah. There was definitely a lag.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Um I have Wi Fi. What do you what do you go? What do you let me figure? I'm ready to go whenever the- Yeah, let's do it. Hello and welcome to episode 433 of Dots, Lines, and Destinations. I am Stephen C. Graves, joined by Mr. Seth Miller. How you doing, Mr. Miller? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm doing all right from the hot Atlanta. Say, have you picked up a draw yet? Not yet. It's it's definitely hot, though. I tell you, humidity <laughs> <laughs> kills you. <laughs> uh, is the draw you drag out of Atlanta different than the one you had from Texas? I think so. I think this is more of a uh, this is definitely more south. Texas has its own thing going on but yeah i've noticed people here have definitely had like a georgia alabama y'all when like, it gets deeper i don't know how to describe it yeah it's different it's definitely yeah fair so, okay yeah. well my brother, good luck my brother, with that uh, i hope it's i hope it's not infected. Uh, infectious yeah. <laughs> but my, my brother's actually down in your uh neck of the woods or where you're from neck of the woods today uh he, he was gonna meet up with me for dinner but he had a, a jacksonville so oh, well there you go poor guy uh yeah <laughs> Uh, Let's follow up a little bit on last week's show. We talked about Go First. Um, What's going on? Like, they were going bankrupt, but now they're deregistering. What's happening? So, this is interesting and, you know, sort of has
1: some implications going back to the Russia stuff uh, after the Ukraine invasion as well. Apparently, as Go First was on its way into bankruptcy proceedings, several lessors tried to reclaim their aircraft under the Cape Town Convention. Okay. Cape Town Convention is for the airlines that are, or for the countries that are signatories, it basically creates a common set of rules around how leasing is handled. Okay. And one of the things it allows for is recovery of aircraft. The lessor has certain rights that the country agrees to enforce. Makes sense. One of them is if they stop, if, you know, if, if airline stops paying us, you agree to let us come take our stuff back. And apparently, uh, GoFirst had several pending deregistration requests, and India's government did not respond to them within the five business day window that this, the convention, you know, I don't know that it's specifically written in the convention, but that is expected of participants. And so, and then now that they got their bankruptcy filing approved, they are basically, what would in the U.S. be Chapter 11, right? Uh, Government-protected reorganization. And so the planes no longer are eligible for being reclaimed because now everything's covered by the bankruptcy proceedings. Huh. So there was... And the argument being made by the lessors was, this was old stuff. This wasn't because of bankruptcy. This just because they'd stopped paying us. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. We, we should have been able to get these planes back. And now... The leasing companies have some sort of joint group that sort of monitors compliance with the Cape Town Convention, and they are saying that they're going to put India on warning for failure to act appropriately. And this could ultimately drive leasing prices for Indian Airline Tire because the lessors can no longer depend on the government actually doing the thing right.
0: I see. So they, they are basically saying it's like a, it's like a warning like a yeah. warning label on yeah, yeah.
1: on a country. But it's, yeah. it's for the entire country, which is the interesting part, right? It's not just one airline. So, you know, if you're Air India or Vistara, which I guess are by the same people now, or if you're uh, what's that? Indigo, who has got, you know, reasonable financials, it would seem, in the backing of uh, the Indigo Group, which, is that
0: right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Anyway. I think, I think
1: you're right. No, I, it's someone else's one. I don't think Indigo Group, which is the, like, U.S.-based LCC, whatever... Uh, is an investor in indigo of india but anyway Uh, uh, indigo the airline and indigo the bigger sort of hedge fund that invested airlines confusing but anyway uh yes those airlines might now face higher leasing costs because the lessors don't trust india government as much so that's an interesting twist uh and we'll see have to see how that plays out there's also something interesting apparently the pilots in many cases have contracts that sort of you know and we've seen this actually. I think one of the U.S. carriers that's promising like crazy signing bonuses is adding a "but if you leave, you have to pay that back" clause. That's one way to do it. <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. Um, and people freaked out about that. But apparently, some of the some of, like the pilots in uh, of Go First had a contract, and the company wasn't providing the sort of statement of prior work and releasing them. So they were unable to prove like, no, I've been a pilot for X, you know, for X months or X years at this airline. Here's my proof. They weren't being able to get that. And basically, uh, GoFirst wasn't letting them out of the contracts to go get jobs elsewhere that where they could actually make money, even though GoFirst wasn't paying them.
0: That seems pretty crappy.
1: Yeah. So, hooray. Um, There's there's a lot of interesting stuff going on with pilot contracts in India right now, actually. Air India was doing some weird stuff, too. I I mean... I don't entirely understand, trying to get people, trying to get their pilots to sort of sign on to new contracts from their existing
0: uh, situations. So, like, how does this work? Then? I mean, go first is dead.
1: No, 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 man. They said they're going to come back. Two weeks, 10, uh, ten days, some like the 25th. I think they're selling cease again. But, I mean, how, how long have they been dead so far? Uh, about 10 days. I think they, they grounded their fleet maybe on the 3rd, 5th, something like that, early May.
0: I mean, I think the question for me is, like, when do you really call them dead?
1: Sure. I mean Jet Airways isn't dead yet, right? No, Jet Jet's definitely dead. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> Their CEO the guy that they finally brought in a new CEO to replace as they were going getting ready to relaunch and he's left again.
0: <laughs>
1: After several yeah. months waiting for financing to finally, finally, finally get squared away.
0: I, I think my point is though, like I can understand some of the pilot contracts stuff. Like, hey, we're still working through this, let's we're not gonna release you just yet. It's coming. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that it's that's really hard to do if you're not paying them that's that's true i think that's the caveat right Like if you were paying them to sit on the ground uh, it's one thing but if you're not paying them they're just sitting yeah. idle and they're like hey i'm not earning a paycheck i can't support my family i think yeah. i think that's pretty crappy agreed um next up is haneda slots so we talked about delta and their um haneda switcheroo's and what they're trying to do and what's trying to get the dot and japan to sign on to uh it sounds like someone objected yeah united airlines said uh f that I'm pretty sure we called we called that right. Yeah, okay. we
1: knew United was going to object. Hawaiian did not. Hawaiian also, it turns out, supported the flexibility the
0: first time around. Okay, so that's less surprising. Um, why do you think why do you think Hawaiian's so open to it? Like they may get some more slots out of this. No, they won't. Um, but if Delta gets its way, no one gets
1: more slots. Everybody keeps what they exist they, their existing portfolios. Ho- I don't know why hawaiian would want flexibility unless it thinks eventually maybe it might move some of its operations out of honolulu
0: to one of its other smaller airports yeah i just don't, i just don't see that happening. i mean i guess there you could make a case that
1: they, so technically they own it uh one of their slots is for 3 days uh a week from kona maybe okay. or maui i don't remember which well a different airport um they sort of split it between honolulu and a secondary airport but United basically came back uh, and said, A, they expect full return of demand this summer um, and expect that, you know, basically calls out Delta for talking only about uh, demand up through March, well before the restrictions were lifted, which we talked about last week. And also, um, there's some great, uh, here we go, quote, Delta's proposal is without merit and is totally arbitrary. But what is for certain is that Delta's proposed pilot program is tailor made to benefit Delta's financial performance. <laughs> Basically, calling out that it has nothing to do with, uh, yeah, benefiting consumers and communities and shippers as it always has been, rather than carrier financial performance. Um, United wants Houston access, and they say Guam also, which seems stupid, but whatever. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see what the DOT does. I'm still am not sure how the DOT can get away with coming back and saying yeah you're right we should just it didn't our earlier analysis that was based on providing the best service for the most number of people through diversification of gateways doesn't matter anymore as long as there's enough different airlines operating enough flights that's okay
0: i mean i see what's being asked for yeah yeah i get the desire for houston uh access i mean that kind of makes sense right they've got a new flight uh and a and a has a Narita flight um I, i could see that being a, yeah i ask and and and, re- and reasonable it's, yeah i mean you listen united sent in a letter sent in letters from the mayors of guam and houston
1: and it's re- rebu- uh rebuttal filing like, i mean that i mean that's clearly we should listen to the mayors yeah they're not messing around though they you know they, br- they brought back up
0: the big guns yeah yeah um yeah, it's interesting i mean i think do you think it's like a toss-up whether or not the duty yeah, i'd say it? it's Sixty
1: five thirty five is how I'd put the odds of it not happening. I mean My Delta's
0: Delta's gonna be pissed though if this
1: doesn't Yeah, well, they they're gonna have to they're probably gonna have to give up their port so that's the other thing that United points out. Delta's gonna end, probably end up giving away the Portland slot.
0: Come on,
1: Joe. So well it's gotta be a US carrier. Um damn it. And it won't be Portland, sorry. Uh Delta is only selling full Y. So the current waiver extends through the end of the summer season, which is last weekend in October. If you look, and so those flights are currently not on sale because they're not being operated. They have to be operated in the future, and so for October thirtieth or whatever going forward, Delta is currently selling round trip Y for ten thousand six hundred dollars. So that no one buys, right? And whether they're doing that to artificially suppress demand or to demonstrate, or just to not have any bookings, so they don't have any to worry about rebooking later and refunds is unclear, but there's got to be one of those.
0: I think I'm just gonna buy a refundable ten thousand dollar fare. And see what happens.
1: Yes, I always like loaning airlines ten thousand dollars.
0: <laughs> I just, I mean, maybe I'll just book a reward on it or something, just to see what happens. I mean, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. I, I think, I think it's a big loss for Portland. Like honestly, I sure, if, if this goes through, I think, um, you know, Portland has like, like a large Japanese. Um, uh, there's a fascination with Japanese tourists Portland for some reason. Uh, I don't get it, but whatever. The gardens are nice. Yeah, the gardens are great. Um, but I think there's like, I think there's just like, uh, there's a lot of anime and things set in the pacific northwest i think there's like a i don't know everyone i talk to they love portland from japan that, that's yeah uh so i think it's a loss from that perspective it would be interesting if a u.s carrier said okay we'll start it um i mean i'm looking at you american if you came in and said we'll we'll operate Arita i think that would be kind of kind of awesome or if United came in and said yeah we'll take a 788 or hawaiian came in and we'll take a 788 we'll do that uh i think it'd be i think it'd be kind of funny <laughs> so um uh, yeah Cavette. Um tell me about the DOT customer rights. This this actually might happen. Well, sure. <laughs> this is the
1: uh, Buddha and Biden came out and they made big made hay, if you will, about this last week, basically talking up we're gonna have customer protections for real. And there were zero details. Okay. The airlines at fault, we're gonna hold them to task. Okay. How? Well, we're working on putting that rec- set of recommendations together. <laughs> maybe you know we'll, the airline will be required to give you real money or cash or or either real money or credits or points. Well, which one? We're working on that. Uh, maybe they'll require to provide you hotels and food. Okay, who's deciding what? Like the, who's deciding whether the airlines? Well, there's, there's just a lot of uncertainty about what's actually being proposed. Yeah, um, and. It's going to come through as a notice of proposed rulemaking, because it'll it'll happen through, I'm sure it'll be processed through the DOT's, uh, the same ruling of like full fair advertising and all that stuff, misleading, I forget what they call it. Uh, There's some special set of words they use for it, but uh, it'll be under that, so it'll have to go through comment period and all this other crap, and that's going to take forever. The airlines will drag their feet on it. They've already put out statements through IATA and through Airlines for America explaining that this is just going to make everything more expensive. And, you know, airlines will go out of business and prices will get much higher. Never mind that it works fine in Europe. Uh, And they're going to fight it tooth and nail. So that's going to take forever. And, you know, two years from now, we may have a different administration. So who the hell knows if it'll actually happen?
0: I mean, so this is as likely as real ID. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. (laughs) Real ID is actually going to happen at some point
1: at some point <laughs> i'm less convinced that this is okay i, that... I don't know in a way that pro- pro- projects strong and useful rights
0: no I'm, time I'm, matter. I'm a little disappointed that it was it was kind of half-baked when they made the announcement i think that's i think it's a disappointment
1: i'm very disappointed
0: uh, i think that could have been much like if you've been much clearer on, you know yeah. what it is that we're protecting and what what is the value to customers and things Making it a clear message as to why this is important. i think that would have been uh the first stepping stone to get over all the hurdles that you're going to face over the next year and a half to two years to get this through, um, I, I yeah, I mean, I get the public on board, and eventually it'll it'll happen. But not not giving the customers real tangible benefits, I think, is leaning you at a spot where you're going now you're just fighting enough the battle to get it past the airlines. Yeah. Um, Ryanair, max ten orders, max tens. Wow,
1: yeah, hundred of them. That's a lot. Hundred fifty firm, hundred fifty options. The largest order in Ryanair history. Um, Are they basically replacing the fleet? No, they're growing. Okay. Uh, depending on, I mean, some replacements. They'll, they'll cycle out some of the old uh, 800s. Uh, they also, their Lauda Air subsidiary flies Airbus, so this would probably replace those as well. Oh, yeah, I always forget about Lauda. Um, and it's interesting, they're going to do, uh, I want to say 228 seats on board. Wow. Max is 230. So you know they're 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 being generous and giving a couple back, but yeah that's a it's a that's a it's an interesting one. There's a lot of questions actually you know whatever right can put a bunch of people on planes and fly them around and that'll be efficient. The plane will get certified eventually. The deliveries are scheduled for 2027 through 2033 I think. Okay. So a little ways down the line, enough time for Boeing to get the uh, manufacturing shit sorted out. The one of the real interesting challenges and this you know airlines have experienced this as they've grown is how do you keep quick turns uh, with them right people on board with that many people right there's just at some point that many people on a single hour, you can't do a 25 minute turn anymore yeah and yes you can move more people and Ryanair does fly to some airports that are actually slot restricted in real cities not the hinterlands and so that's a challenge right Dublin one of the big bases is you know slot controlled and so, so they getting,
0: want to fit as many as they can.
1: Getting as many passengers in as they can. Um, you know, are they going to need extra buses? And do the airports that they serve have those extra buses to move people around? There's, there's a lot of logistics around putting 15% more people on every plane, but uh, they seem ready to do it. So, yay!
0: Yeah, it's it's uh, that's an interesting one. <laughs> the Max Tens. I mean, they're they're really betting a lot there. You know, the Max Tens getting delivered and certified. I mean, we, like you said, you, you're pretty sure it's going to happen. I'm uh, sure. But it still takes, it takes a little bit of faith, right? To place a bunch of firm orders, you know, or, I mean, or it sums money. It like. It's not all the money yet. And I'm sure there's a clause
1: that if the tens don't happen, they can pick eights or nines and whatever. But yeah, you know, the, the, like, the real challenge is in many ways, a Ryanair, much like Southwest, very happy with a single fleet type and B, how do you get 300 delivery slots that quickly? Could it even if you wanted to? Could Airbus give give them to you? Uh, uh, and you know, five years from now, four years from now, and for Ryanair, yeah, right, Airbus would do it, yeah. but that's not to say it would be easy. Yeah, fair enough to, you know, to build them in A321s instead. Yeah, yeah,
0: um, Philippine Aero yeah. A351,000.
1: A350-1000. They put it in an order for nine, huh. which isn't a huge number, but. Uh, it's going to extend capacity and range for U.S. East Coast, which are mostly served by seven seven Ws today. Yep. And they also mentioned potentially bringing back uh, nonstop service to Europe
0: with them. Oh, interesting. Okay.
1: And with this order, I my my recollection is that the triple sevens are the only Boeing planes still in the Philippine Airlines fleet. So.
0: Yeah, because they do Manila JFK with the seven seven Ws. And have- Toronto. Toronto, I think. yeah I but they,
1: they could become an all Airbus carrier. That's a big that's a big loss for them. Yeah, as this transitions, and you know, part of that I have to imagine is triple seven X is just not ready yet. So and they need, they want
0: they want that range.
1: Yeah, they long, want the long they want the long haul, or the not ultra ultra, but the very long haul flights. So it's also interesting they uh they were talking, you know, Philippine Airlines their A three fifty nine hundreds ended up at Lufthansa.
0: Hmm.
1: Right? They had some planes that they sold off and they're sold off delivery slots for, and I don't remember if they had already been delivered or not. But Lufthansa took them and basically operating them with the Philippine Airlines interiors until this uh, the Allegro's cabin retrofits come along. And so there's that like weird sub sub fleet of 350 900s for Lufthansa right now. I think there's five of them, and it's just a weird timing situation with COVID and everything else of you know having to give up those planes likely cheaper than they wanted to and now paying closer to full price, but
0: yeah it's it's interesting I, I was on a lufthansa flight not too long ago and i then looked up like the 787s have the new or the interim business class seat right yeah and and then these a350s there's certain ones that have the what i would call a better business class seat than what lufthansa typically offers yeah and i did either one of them so <laughs> yeah it's not the uh, footsies yeah exactly yeah interesting stuff i mean i think it's i think it's Kind of telling, I mean, I Philippine I maybe mean, it's their I mean Cebu Pacific operates like ATRs, I think. Um, but then other than that, it looks like Philippine Airlines only operates Airbus besides those seven and so Ws. So yeah, you're right. Like they would become a all uh Airbus flight or all, all Airbus, you know, airline. That's yeah it's kinda it's kinda I think it's pretty crappy for Boeing to lose out. Yeah. Um they on a the plane though. I mean they they get the range but not the capacity. Um, tell me about Hawaiian 787 Suites. These are actually looking pretty nice. Um, they're three years late, but they look pretty nice. <laughs> so what's happening? Like, they're they're getting a Suites product? Yeah, they
1: just announced their interiors for their 787s that are going to be finally delivered starting in November and probably flying in early 24 for passengers. Uh, 34 seats up front. It's the Adiant, which is a Boeing partnership sort of su- pseudo-subsidiary operation. Okay um one-to-one reverse herringbone uh doors very much hawaiian themed with you know tied to polynesian history and all that other fun stuff i i am flippant about that stuff a lot because most airlines do it very poorly hawaiian actually did a very good job with it i'm i'm impressed by the way they're doing it but i'm still gonna sort of run past it quicker than i should um they, there are some things that are a little silly, like they talk about having a star field in the sky
0: mm.
1: on the ceiling to represent how the Polynesians navigated the islands back in the day when they were sailing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's not dynamic. It's just some holes punched in ceiling tiles with lights behind them. Yeah, I'd see it now. Which is fine, but um, they also, I don't know how to pronounce it. they, they It's Le-Hoku, Hoku, I think, and it means field of stars is what they're branding the front cabin as so in some ways taking a nod from polaris i would argue from united but
0: which uh, by the way there's there's a polaris restaurant above the hyatt regency okay just called polaris Can i mean you... didn't did someone at the I do some research so show your 1k card and tell them you need a table <laughs> free drinks right yeah yeah i mean i think this product i mean it looks fine like it's it looks like a solid business product from yeah from the east coast i think it's gonna be a solid you know offer
1: yeah i i actually think it it looks really nice um oh. they're putting i f e back in which had disappeared on the three thirties which is a big win yep um so that's nice it's it you know two hundred and sixty six seats in the back seven yes. and only thirty four up front seventy nine of them are the extra legroom seat
0: yeah that's what makes me wonder um are they gonna keep some of these on the west coast route because like they use a lot of e three thirties on some of the west coast because yeah so because of coach or economy demand um, so I could see them doing this even to, to Portland. Like they, they use an A330 on Portland, John, but, uh, but like Las Vegas, LA, even San Francisco, probably. Oh yeah. just, there's a lot of high capacity
1: demand in some of those markets that they'll fill with these.
0: Yeah. And that extra, I mean, that extra legroom, they they have AC outlets, which is nice. Things. Yeah. I, I thought that was very interesting. The,
1: uh, regular economy only has USB ports. And if you want an AC outlet, you got to buy the extra legroom.
0: Yeah, it's which yeah, it's fascinating because it's USB A and USB C and right yeah, it's like okay, you guys installed that, but you couldn't install PowerPoint. <laughs> Every
1: plug counts, man. uh The other thing I think is interesting about it is if you look at it's hard to tell from the photos and the renderings they shared, but it's like you can sort of see it in the headrest in economy. Mm-hmm. The economy comfort section is mostly the outboard triplets. And the regular legroom is in the center, so it's almost like they put an extra row in the center
0: section versus okay. the outside triplets. Yeah, I do see the I see the gap. It's hard to make it out in the photos, but you can kind of tell that it's. You can look if you look at the headrests. There's a different trim on
1: them in the yep. photos. You can sort of see they get the, the different headrest trim goes back like eight or ten rows on the outside, but only one row in the middle.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's true.
1: Which means if if you want a window seat or don't want to just for whatever reason don't want to be in that middle section, you more passengers are more likely to have to pay for that luxury.
0: Super interesting. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. I'm uh, I'm interested to see how this goes. Yeah. Um,
1: like, the, the other thing I will note that's just amusing to me is that the uh, timestamps on all the images that they shared is from 2021. So they knew about this. They oh, yeah. They, I mean, listen, they announced the order in 2018. Uh, they announced that they had chosen Adiant for the seating in 2019 with deliveries expected in 2021. These planes are at least two years late at this point. Yeah. So, oopsie. Yeah.
0: Whoops. Um. Speaking of Hawaii, well, actually, it's not Hawaii. I mean, it's it's native. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the important part. Uh, Alaska Airlines is delivering, replacing uh, salmon. Dirty salmon. Yeah, I actually like this
1: one a lot. It's a sort of uh, a native version of the salmon renderings.
0: Yep, uh,
1: salmon drawings. I
0: think it's a good trend. way to put it, and it's it's really cool because uh, it was. I mean, I think it's beautifully painted with the colors and. I think the only complaint I have is that the logo seems to get a little lost. The Alaska wording seems to get a little lost with it. That's the only thing else I noticed. Yeah. Um, But other than that, I think it's gorgeous.
1: Yeah, agreed. And I don't really care about the word Alaska on the side, so I'm cool with that.
0: Yeah, you'll know which plane this is, right? When it pulls up to the gate, you're like, oh, that's that plane. Yeah. Sorry. But very cool.
1: Yeah. Uh, One of our friends is booked on one of the JetBlue flights to Amsterdam after the season changes where they don't necessarily have slots yet. That's cool. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: We'll have to see how that works out for them.
1: Yeah, plus one. Uh, <laughs> so, anyway, that's an interesting situation. Just learned that. Uh it's like, huh? Is this like an operator? I'm
0: like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's uh, we'll toss a coin here and tell in 6 months. Yeah. Um what about JD Power and their satisfaction results?
1: So, right, this is the annual survey they do it. They release the results and the airlines really really like being the number 1. Um, Southwest did not get screwed owing to the meltdown over Christmas. Really? Yeah, they're still they're still the winner.
0: I mean, I, is the traveling public that all we care about is we got where we went eventually? Is that is that the measure now?
1: Um, I don't know. Uh, I think uh you know Southwest won for the economy and basic economy segment for the second year in a row, uh, besting Delta and JetBlue. Uh, JetBlue used to win this all the time. They had it like 10 years in a row, and the fact they don't anymore has got to sting a little bit. Um, I also don't understand how you know, they talk about premium economy seats for Alaska Airlines. Like, what does that even mean? But um, yeah, Southwest really uh, came out miles ahead. And I, What I think it's interesting about it is I'm trying to find the numbers exactly here. It's uh, of the methodology, and it's... Uh, Seven thousand seven hundred and seventy seven and seventy four passengers were surveyed uh passengers must have flown on a major North American airline within the past month of completing the survey, and the survey ran between march twenty twenty two and march twenty twenty three and as okay. you figure there's one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven airlines listed here
0: okay
1: um seven hundred passengers per airline based on that assuming they distributed evenly which i don't know that they necessarily do but statistically you should get close to that and then so that's like two a day right so that because they spread the survey out over such a long period of time you know the three weeks of hell that southwest had maybe yes people that'll drag its score down but that's you know only you know three out of 50 right that's five or six percent of its total votes yeah so i think that's a uh that's part of why it that happened. That's probably good right if for what they're trying to rank, it's the overall it is an overall what are you most likely to get and so that never should have happened at Southwest. There's a lot of things we've talked about way too much about why it went why things went wrong and how they should have prevented it but uh it's you know one of those things where I think ultimately should like they completely lose because they had that bad situation. Yeah, more often than not, that's not going to be the situation. So true enough. Yeah, seventy-five percent of planes get where they're going on time every day, but we still talk about the others way more.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. It's interesting to me. Who gets chosen. They what? How much credence to give to these? Yeah, days, but
1: this one is closer to legitimate than a lot of the other ones out there, in my opinion. Fair enough, sir. Um,
0: I mean, I think that's the show. We're going to talk a little bit about some award pricing idiocy. Idiocy uh and some order rumors and my experience with united fries and uh crashing a plane on purpose and going to jail for it so if you're a patreon maybe. subscriber maybe uh if you're a patreon subscriber just stick around for that that'll be the bonus for you uh to our, our listeners if you want a sports show you can sign up on patreon uh leave us a comment we'd love to hear from you and uh we'll talk to you next time happy travels take care